Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I can't seem to face up to the facts Well, I'm from tons of nervous and I can't relax Well, I can't sleep cause my bed's on fire But don't touch me, I'm a real life wire So, second killer, kiss cause Run, 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 run. What's going on, everybody? I'm back. Appreciate everybody coming in here for the inaugural episode. Uh, around the horn sports you guys want a little bit of a behind the curtain as many people know i do not like to record live i like to pre-record and then stream the pre-recorded version live so i don't get distracted by the chat and stuff which by the way i don't have it up on my screen so you won't be seeing it sorry sorry kid anyways um so about, I don't know, an hour and a half ago, I was like, okay, I'm going to record the inaugural version of Around the Horn Sports, and I was going to come out here and tell y'all, <laughs> wow, and tell everybody what it sounds like and all that type of stuff. And so I start recording it, and we have a great time, and it's all good, and we're having a good time. And suddenly, I'm like, what's going on here, right? I'm listening, and a 45 minute podcast 45 minute podcast didn't turn my microphone on uh i text messaged my around the horn podcast co-host ryan lindley told him what i did and he gave me some advice he said i heard that the pros turn their mics on so hopefully this time around we're good uh, welcome. Appreciate everybody coming in here. Appreciate everybody being a part of this uh, inaugural version of Around the Horn Sports. For those of you who uh, don't know what Around the Horn is, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time across all the Crier Media Network and all and my YouTube page, Ray Route, we do Around the Horn with my co-host, Ryan Lindley. Follow him on Twitter, at Ryan Lindley. And our other co-host, Producer Mike. Follow him on Twitter, at Producer underscore Mike. And we do a show called Around the Horn. It's a spinoff of our old podcast, Who's Got Next, which we used to do with Mario and Connor, Mike as well. And we are we don't talk about sports. We talk about other things because I was sick of just talking about sports all the time. So I said, hey, let's do this show together. Ryan and I have good chemistry. Mike and I have been together forever, plus today, since Connor and I split up on uh, since Connor and I split up on from Deer Pats Nation. And we'll do this show and we'll just talk about whatever. And we talk about mental health. We last week we were talking about cancel culture. Mike likes to talk about smells and nostalgic moments of your life. 
we don't talk about sports, but I kind of miss talking about sports. So what we did was I decided to launch Around the Horn Sports, which I'll put out every Saturday on the Cryer Media Network. And it'll just be me talking about sports. Because when Who's Got Next was around, it was a heavy, primarily a sports show. And then I would do my spinoff show called Ray's Got Next, where I wouldn't talk about sports. Now I'm doing it the opposite. See how it is? We're good. And I'm going to do this a little bit different because the people who maybe follow me on Cryer know that I like to do polls and I like to get a little bit funky with things. And I do some other kind of stuff. Um, so it's not going to be like your typical sports show or maybe even your typical sports show. You remember with me where I was doing a lot of trying to like analyze things to death and breaking down 15 for 15 minutes, the movement of the offensive line. Um, we're going to go over the stories that I went through for the week. And I kind of review those stories and give my opinion on it. I did some polls throughout the week. As you know, uh, if you follow me, I now just do polls around all the stories I write to get the feeling of what's happening on Twitter, which is where I feel is the best place to find what's going on in, with sports fans. And yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good time. So the first story that we're going to be looking at today is the Carson Briere story. And as everybody knows uh, by now, because it was, you know, pretty big across everything. Uh, Carson Briere was seen at a, a bar pushing a young lady's, we didn't know she was a young lady at the time, but pushing a vacant wheelchair down a flight of stairs. I'm actually going to share that video with you now. So you can just see for context what uh, Carson Breer did. It was gross. A lot of people thought it was gross. And I wrote about it. And I'm going to, I got a little bit of a, a little bit of a nugget when it comes to this story. But let's get this up here. Here it is. And whoa, 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 what did I do here? Where am I? Where did I go? I'm lost. What a, what a way to kick off the show. Sorry, guys. <laughs> let me, uh, let me redo this. Let me reshare. I shared the wrong screen with you. I got a lot of things open right now. So I'm going to show you the video for those of you who are watching the YouTube channel, for those of you who have downloaded the podcast, um, head over to my Twitter account at DPN underscore Ray, and you'll be able to see the video or just come watch the video on YouTube. Uh, again, it's, it's nice to kind of sort of relive things sometimes, isn't it? So let me, uh, let me full screen this up for you so you can see it. So Carson Briere is the young man in the white hat. He is currently sitting in the vacant wheelchair. Standing at the top of the stairs, but he's kind of goading him here, just tosses it down. And I saw that and I was like, that's gross. Because, well, it was gross, right? I mean, I think everybody would, would probably agree with that. So I wrote this story about it, and it took me about, I don't know, 20 minutes to confirm that was Carson Briere, considering he looks just like his father, former NHL player and current general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, Daniel Briere. Also Danny, as some of us may fondly remember him when he was a Buffalo Sabre and a Philadelphia Flyer. I'm going to do a little bit of a flex here if I could, though. And I think it's deserving of a flex. The night that we put out this story, and this story became a monster, by the way. A monster. Like, uh, I was talking to Dean Blundell on yes uh, yesterday. Yesterday or the day before. Maybe Thursday. I was talking to Dean Blundell about it. My story from Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whenever I posted the story, was the front story on the front page of Reddit for like two days. It became a, a beast of its own. And do you know why it became a monster? 
because while there was some people on social media talking about it, none of the legacy news organizations, none of the major news organizations would touch this thing. They were afraid. Because, see, they do their best to try to not throw leagues and teams, and even when it's the son of general managers, of interim general managers, universities, that type of thing. I mean, they need like a thousand percent proof and more. It took me 15, 20 minutes to confirm everything. Confirm it was Danny Briere. Confirm this wasn't a really old video. Talked, uh, sent a couple of messages to people who were talking about it who said that they were you know, familiar with the situation. Confirmed, boom, boom, boom. Within an hour, I had it up on the website. I Google searched that night trying to find some of the major news publications and legacy media who had talked about this story. Not one single person had written about it, not one single legacy or major reporter right now with the real blue check marks, not the paid ones like I pay for on Twitter, was writing about this story on Twitter. It was us and followed by another independent blog. That was it. Now, thousands of stories. Thousands. Because Daniel Briere and Carson Briere both put out a statement. Mercyhurst University put out a statement. Dean has written about it again. I've written, I wrote a follow-up story again, and we'll be looking at the follow-up tonight. And I'm not usually one to flex things. I have been first before. But see, independent media has been kind of taking a, a shit-kicking lately. And the major networks don't want to acknowledge us as real. And we absolutely positively crushed this story way before anybody else. And I want to give, I'm not even going to give myself the pat on the back because I just happen to be the one who writes it. I just happen to be on the sports beat. But prior media for giving me this platform and prior media for allowing us to take a chance, have some balls and write things and not really care what the fallout's going to be. Like last week when I was accused of not wanting to mention a venue name because they thought I was, I didn't want to alienate myself. Like I care about being alienated. Read my stuff, watch my podcast. Trust me, I don't care if I'm alienated. Anyways, we, uh, so like I said, Carson and Daniel finally came out, made a statement. I'll share it here with you guys so you can see it. Danny Briere said, quote, I'm shocked to see Carson's actions in this video that was shared on social media yesterday. They are inexcusable and run completely counter to our family's values on treating people with respect. Carson is very sorry and accepts full responsibilities for his behavior. Carson said, I'm deeply sorry for my behavior on Saturday. There's no excuse for my actions, and I will do whatever I can to make up for the serious lack of judgment. And then Mercyhurst University put out a statement. And I'm going to read their statement to you. And then I'm going to give you my takeaway on it because I had two major takeaways. One that I wrote about, one, because it's, you know, I wrote this a few days ago and I've been able to sit with it. One that I've given a lot of thought about and I want to put this one up. But here's what Mercyhurst had to say. It said, Mercyhurst University has heard a considerable outcry regarding the social media video of student Carson Briere showing him pushing an unoccupied wheelchair down a flight of stairs. Mr. Briere today issued a statement taking responsibility for his actions, and in doing so, he recognized his behavior reflects, quote, serious lack of judgment 
and that he is deeply sorry. The actions displayed in the video make our hearts heavy and fall short of our mercy, belief, and inherent dignity to each person. We pray for and are in solidarity with the victims and all persons with disabilities who rightfully find actions like this to be deeply offensive. Our mercy tradition also reminds us that students and all people who make poor choices deserve opportunities to learn, change behaviors, and atone to harmful actions. So here's my two takeaways. Takeaway number uno. Mercyhurst University, in my opinion, put your lawyers away. Mercyhurst University was not going to release a statement about the about Briere. Read the first line. Mercyhurst University has heard a considerable outcry regarding the social media video of student Carson Briere. The night that the video began going viral, after I posted my story, I was just going through Twitter. And you know what I kept seeing? People posting about this story saying that Mercyhurst is ignoring the issue. And they were untagging themselves from all the posts on Twitter that they were tagged in. Now, I do not believe in cancel culture. Last week on our Wednesday night show at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Cryer Media, we talked about cancel culture. We talked about a very real scenario that I was a part of where two of my friends experienced microaggressions and racism directed towards them and what our response was at the time and my response after. And we talked about cancel culture that I didn't want to talk about the venue it happened at because I believe that people, when you get into canceling something, the real issue goes away. However, that doesn't mean that we cannot demand for organizations and people to be publicly accountable for their actions. I do not want to see Mercyhurst University people withdrawing their, you know, applications. I don't want to see people tar and feathering their reputation. I don't want to see people throwing eggs at the dean's car on the way in in the morning but I want them to be publicly accountable for one of their students who is also a representative of them in their men's hockey program. And it was the pressure of social media. It was the pressure of the public. It was the PR nightmare that was created, not because of Daniel Breer's actions, but the response of us, the people who wrote about it, the people who tweeted about it, the people who made videos about it, the people who wrote emails, that forced them to give a response. So kudos and applause to everybody who put the pressure on them to do that. Now, I put a poll out on Twitter. And I said, how would you rank Mercy Hurst's response? I said, was it the right response, acceptable or disappointing? The fourth option won. Pathetic. That's what people thought. 53.8%. Here's my takeaway on the Mercy Hurst statement about the Daniel Breer situation. Away from the pressure. The second point is when you read the bottom line, and I'm going to go back to it here. I'll put it up on the screen so you can read it with me. 
It also reminds us that students and all people who make poor choices deserve opportunities to learn, change behaviors, and atone for harmful acts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What they were missing there was, was boys will be boys. I'm telling you right now, that's what they're missing from that statement. And that bothers me. And people think that I'm on this, that I have this crusade against hockey. That, that I, I have this crusade that I hate hockey players. I've been accused of that. Couldn't be further from the truth. I played hockey my entire life. I come at this from lived experience and the things that I've seen because of hockey. And there's a terrible culture around it. And that statement from Mary Hurst that basically summed up, boys will be boys. And I'm going to publicly disagree with one of my colleagues, one of my, with one of my mentors in the scope of media. And I'm our leader of Cryer Media, Dean Blundell. I agree with Dean that, yes, this young man, Carson Breer, he's not, he shouldn't be tarred and feathered. He shouldn't not be allowed to live life and, and try to be successful in society. He shouldn't lock himself in the basement and not move. I don't want to see him canceled out of life. But I don't believe that he deserves to play hockey or be in any sort of spotlight anymore. This was Carson Breer's second opportunity. He was already booted from the Arizona University hockey team. This is a young man who's proven that he cannot learn from his actions. And I think that there needs to be real consequences for him to be able to grow and move on with his life. And I hope he does something productive. I hope that he raises money for people with disabilities. I hope that he gets his education, does well in life, puts his money into notable causes to make this earth, this you know, world that we live in a better place. But that kid should never be allowed to put on skates in a competitive atmosphere ever again. I wouldn't let that kid in my beer league, to be 100% honest. He's not worthy of Saturday Night Men's Beer League at 1230 at the Ice Palace. We're not even serving beer at that time, by the way, just so you know. You're drinking warm beer from your bag after the game. Because Ron forgot to bring the ice. Anyways. Not sure if you guys saw this story. You should have if you're a sports fan and you're 18 minutes into a podcast. I assume you pay attention to the world of sports. There's been a lot of debate around the World Baseball Classic. I'm not going to get too deep into that. I'll probably get deeper into it next Saturday because I want to throw a poll out on Twitter and I want to ask people about it. But Edwin Diaz, New York Mets star closer, just signed a $100 million contract, was injured celebrating Puerto Rico's win over the Dominican Republic in the final game of the group stage of the WBC. So keep in mind that it was a win and you're in type of situation. Winner goes on to the next round, loser's out. And Puerto Rico, unfortunately, lost to Mexico last night. It was a fantastic game. 
Puerto Rico had a four nothing lead at one point. Mexico wins. Puerto Rico goes home. First of all, shout out to Edwin Diaz. I hope that you heal up. I hope that you're better. Um, anybody who's a casual baseball fan would have remembered him coming out to what is can only be described as is just the greatest entrance in the history of sport. Get Timmy Trumpet there at City Life Stadium or whatever the hell there's. I wish it was still Shea. I miss Shea Stadium. Anyways. But it's struck this whole debate around the WBC. So let me know in the comments. If you're watching this on Twitter or, or YouTube, let me know in the comments. Do you like the World Baseball Classic? Because like this is a really rough time for sports content creators like myself. Like I'm not, I don't like hockey, as people know. I don't watch hockey. And I'm not really a big basketball fan. I love soccer, but I, outside of like Team Canada, I won't report on soccer because I want to have one sport that I can just watch and not have to think about it from a story or a content creation standpoint. I just want to enjoy it. Free Agent Frenzy was last Monday in football. That's gone. Draft's not for another few weeks. Spring training, this is normally only spring training this time of year. Opening days, not for another two or three weeks. This is just, this is the worst part of the year for sports content creators. That an all-star weekend in MLB when you're a baseball guy and a football guy. The WBC actually brought forth a competitive tournament and competitive games that I was able to watch and enjoy. Like I said, I, and I was from a content standpoint, I like it. I will tell you my fan perspective next Saturday, 5 p.m. here on Clyro Media. Because I want to do a poll amongst people. First, follow me at DPN underscore Ray. Let your voice be heard. Let your, vo let your vote count. I put out a poll at least once a day. Sometimes I put out multiple polls. I want to talk about it again. It's at DPN underscore Ray. Let your, let your voice be heard. Let your count. Let your voice be heard. Let your vote count and uh come check out the polls that i put out there it's all sports related a lot of fun uh leave a comment if you leave a comment i will say your comment on my show and that's it so shout out to edwin diaz hope you're doing all right so one of the things i've been working on is a little bit of a series this is how you know for sure that it's it's dead time around here where i'm doing a, a tournament and we are, I am figuring out who is the worst, who has the worst fan base in all of sports. And we're going to break it down division by division. That's right. Division by division. Conference by conference. And we're going we're gonna to go through every division. And then all the division winners of the worst fans are going to have a conference championship. And we're going to meet for the Super Bowl of assholes and deem who has the worst fan base in the entire NFL. Now, I did start the week with the AFC East, but the AFC East vote kind of ties into my final story of the night. So I'm going to finish with that. So I'll start with this one. We went with the NFC East. And I asked, who has the worst fan base? The Dallas Cowboys? The Philadelphia Eagles? 
Washington Commanders, which, by the way, I wish they would have stayed as the Washington football team, or the New York Giants. The Dallas Cowboys absolutely wiped it up with 51.2% of the votes. So far, that's the highest voting percentage that we've gotten in any of the polls. The Cowboys were deemed the worst fans of the AFC East. Didn't surprise me at all, and I actually voted for the Cowboys. Now, in second was the Philadelphia Eagles with 34.1%, and then the Commanders and Giants, both with 7.3%, tied for third and fourth. And I, I did expect the Eagles to be up there. I actually expected the gap between the Eagles and the Cowboys to be a little bit tighter. But my vote was for the Cowboys, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I wouldn't have voted for the Philadelphia Eagles because though they can be seriously obnoxious, because they can be really good trolls, because they can be, they, they can, you can be incensed if they're going after you, a lot of that comes from passion. There's not a lot of delusion in Philadelphia. In fact, their expectations of their players may be the most, the highest of expectations of any profession, any city that holds a professional sports team. But when their team is doing well, they are going to celebrate and they're going to let you know that their team is doing well. So I didn't believe that the Philadelphia Eagles deserve to be voted as the worst fans. I think it's passion. When you go all the way back to when I was doing Dear Pat's Nation, when I was on Sportscaster, when I had the number one Patriots podcast in North America, 15 to 20,000 views on Sportscaster daily, me and Connor Carney. When the Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, sorry, even before they beat them, leading up to it, the comments in the live chat, the comments on the videos, the comments to me on Twitter, the Philadelphia Eagles fans were relentless. But it was fun. It was such a fun buildup to a Super Bowl. They absolutely tortured me after the Patriots lost. They know how to troll, man. I mean, I was like laughing out loud. The side, my sides hurt by some of the things that they were saying to me, but it's passion. The reason that my vote goes to the Dallas Cowboys is very simple. Dallas Cowboy fan base, number one, is very similar to the New England Patriot fan base, the fan base that I am a part of. We're both terrible fan bases. But the Dallas Cowboy fans act the way they should have been acting in 1998. Because in 2023, nobody cares about Troy Aikman. Nobody cares about what you accomplished in the mid-90s. Just like in 2023, nobody cares that New England won their sixth Super Bowl in 2018. The delusion that comes out of Dallas, I had people arguing with me that Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the NFL. So Dak Prescott may not be the best quarterback in his division, let alone the NFL. Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL at a default. Because, see, once you get past Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, I'll put Patrick, or I'll put a Lamar Jackson, and I'll put uh, Joe Burrow 
into that list. Once you get past those five guys, the gap between quarterbacks is existential. And because of that, for a Cowboy fan to look me in the eyes and say Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the NFL is just delusion. They're relentless on Twitter, which is the best place to talk about sports, by the way. It can get toxic, like the political side, but it's a good spot to talk about sports. It's where all the real sports fans are. They can get toxic on there. They can be a pain in the ass. But they're delusional. By far, 100%. The worst fan base in the NFC East, I totally agree with the poll, is the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the one we just did on Friday night was the AFC North. Of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns. Bit of a tighter race, but still a clear winner. By the way, right now, up on my Twitter page, at DPN underscore Ray, we are, I have put out a poll. I think as of this time right now, March 18th at 5.36 p.m. Eastern time, got about 17, 16 hours left in the poll. I'm asking you to vote on the worst fan base in the NFC North, which, of course, is the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. As of right now, I'm not going to tell you who's winning, but the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers are fighting out for the worst fan base. We looked at the AFC North. And I expected the Pittsburgh Steelers to get a lot of votes, even though I, I don't really care about them in, in a negative way. And if I'm going to be real with you, when it comes to the Bengals, the Steelers, the Ravens, neither fan base really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Steelers fans and Ravens fans, especially when they're successful, can get a little annoying. But again, it's just passion. I don't think there's a Cincinnati Bengals fan I've ever met that I don't like. And then there's the Cleveland Browns. By the way, the Cleveland Browns won this poll with 46.8% of the votes. Pittsburgh came in second with 31.6%. The Ravens in third with 11.4%. And the Bengals with 10.1 coming in fourth place. And the Steelers fans, I think a lot of those votes probably came from Bengals, Browns, and Ravens fans. And I think there's a little bit of jealousy to the Pittsburgh success. And very much like the Dallas Cowboy poll, I'm on the same side of the poll here. I chose the Cleveland Browns. We've been aligned so far in these polls. And it's for two, it's for one reason. It's for Deshaun Watson. And I don't hate the Cleveland Browns fan base because Deshaun Watson's the quarterback. You can't control what your ownership group and what your general managers are going to do. You can only control what your reactions and actions are to that move. The Cleveland Browns at one point were my favorite fan base in sports, not just the NFL, in sports. Shout out to the Cleveland Brown fans who, after Deshaun Watson was traded from Houston, who made thousands and thousands of dollars of donations to battered women's shelters all over Ohio State. Shout out to you. 
shout out to the season ticket holders who gave up their season tickets. And I have confirmation. I have receipts from some who showed me the cancellation of their season tickets. Shout out to you. But see, what happened was after the first wave, after the first you know rush of outrage, there started to be this little wave that was coming from the back. It just got a little bit louder, a little bit louder, louder and louder and louder and louder until it became the major message coming out from the dog pound. And that was a welcoming embrace for Deshaun Watson. Defending Sean Watson and trying to paint this picture of this wonderful human being, Deshaun Watson. And from that point forward, I lost a lot of respect for Browns fans. See, because if you would have came out and said, "Dude, I hate Deshaun Watson," and if, if I hope he wins us a championship, he's here. There's nothing I can do about it. I hope he wins us a championship, and I'm going to celebrate with 52 other players, not with him. I'm like, okay. You know what? You want your team to win the championship. You got it. But it was the defense of the character of Deshaun Watson. That's what got me. And I believe that that's why Cleveland lost this poll. I believe that if it wasn't for their reaction to Deshaun Watson, it would have been the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I would have said Pittsburgh's there because of default. I don't think, I, I wouldn't give Pittsburgh a chance to win the AFC Conference Championship for the worst fans in the NFL. I think Cleveland could rival teams like the Patriots. I don't know what fan base sucks in the South. The North, I mean, Raiders, Chiefs, there's, there's some options there. But I think the Browns can beat out the Patriots for sure. Now, I'm not saying it's a lock. There might be people who hate the Browns organization more than they hate the Patriots. And that brings us to our last poll, which actually happened to be our first poll, and that was who has the worst fan base in the AFC East. Of course, the AFC East can try, uh, consists of the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it was the Bills and the Patriots as front runners, but there was quite a gap in that win. Uh, the Jets came in uh, four or third with 9.2%. The Dolphins uh, were the fourth least hateable fan base with 8.3%. The Buffalo Bills came in second with 33%, and the New England Patriots are the most hated fan base in the AFC East with 49.5%. Just so you don't think I'm lying, there it is. There was the poll. Of course, you can participate in all of my polls by going to my Twitter account at DPN underscore Ray. I disagreed with the poll. And I'm going I'm to put this out here. Two months ago, I wouldn't have disagreed. I am a New England Patriots fan. You can't see them right here. Is my signed Rex Burkhead jersey. This is my signed Tom Brady jersey. I am drinking my latte out of my New England Patriots cup. For those of you who are watching the video, for you on the podcast, take my word for it. I love the Patriots. 
But I've also been very vocal that the New England Patriots, the Pats Nation, if you will, have the worst fan base in sports. We're obnoxious. We fight internally. We're toxic with each other, toxic with other fan bases. But things have changed. And I vote, I would have voted for the buff. My vote is for the Buffalo Bills. And I'll tell you why, because it's going to go into my next story. Cole Beasley put a tweet out on Friday that said, the only quarterback in the entire league that you can put in front of Aaron Rodgers right now is Patrick Mahomes, and that's it. The disrespect is crazy. Bills Mafia lost their mind. Lost their mind over this. Cole Beasley was dealing with Bills fans in his chat, in his timeline, in their feelings, screaming at him that he was disrespecting Josh Allen, and they can't believe a former teammate is saying, don't disrespect Aaron Rodgers, but disrespect Josh Allen. Cole Beasley came out and said Josh Allen is the third best quarterback in the NFL right now, and Bills fans were still outraged by that. Let's look at some simple stats for you. Heading into the 2022-2023 season, Aaron Rodgers was the reigning back-to-back league MVP of the National Football League. Back-to-back NFL MVP. Cole Beasley has him as the second-best quarterback in the NFL. The quarterback that he has ahead of Josh Allen has gone to four straight NFC Championship games, has won two of the last four Super Bowls, is the reigning most valuable player of the NFL and the reigning Super Bowl MVP, that's Patrick Mahomes. There is nothing insulting about that. There is no disrespect to Josh Allen by putting Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, two quarterbacks who may have the most, who may be the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game ahead of Josh Allen. Now, Aaron Rodgers will go down as a bit of a disappointment because he only won one Super Bowl with Green Bay. There are playoff games during that time that you can blame Aaron Rodgers for Green Bay not going to a Super Bowl. He's still talented as all hell. I remember the whole Max Kellerman thing, right? Tom Brady was the GOAT, and Aaron Rodgers was the BOAT. I think that Patrick Mahomes has now moved into the boat conversation. And Tom Brady still is and forever will be the GOAT. So I put a poll out. I thought maybe it's just me. Because, see, when I joined Cryer Media and formerly the Dean Blundell Network back in 2021, been here a long time. It was, I really had to start paying attention to the Buffalo Bills for the first time. Prior to that, I was strictly focusing on the New England Patriots. 
our demographic here on Cryer Media, a lot of GTA people, a lot of Buffalo people, a lot of Bills fans. Bills fans get some of Bills content gets the most clicks. Being a football guy, I started paying attention a little bit to the Bills. And I became swept up because I had to pay attention to it. I became swept up with the Bills Mafia. I didn't become a Bills fan, and I never will. But I love the Bills Mafia fan base. And I want to put this out right now. All the fans who make the pilgrimage every single weekend up to the Bills Helmet Bar, the owners of the Bills Helmet Bar, which I've attended twice, co-founder of Bills Mafia, Leslie, Kristen Kimmick, they are the epitome of what Buffalo Bills fans should be and act like. That is the culture, the passion behind it. Not the majority of the fan base. Not the crybaby. Be more like Leslie. Be more like Kristen. Be more like the Bills helmet bar. Be more like my boy Rico over at Buffalo Fanatic. On what is now should officially be called the final episode of Who's Got Next. Because that was the last episode that all four of us were on the show. Connor, Mario, Mike, and myself. And we also had our honorary co-host, Kristen Kimmick, on the show. I brought on Rico from Buffalo Fanatic. Because, see, this is where I lost my respect for Buffalo Bills fans. When the Cincinnati Bengals social media team was celebrating the Cincinnati Bengals defeating the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati moving on in the playoffs, Joe Burrow did the interview and said, better book those refunds. And the social media team tweeted that out. The viral and vigorous reaction by the Buffalo Bills fans and the sensitivity that came out from the Buffalo Bills fans. People screaming and crying about class. How unclassy Cincinnati was after, after we know how classy Cincinnati really is. People using DeMar Hamlin's name because the Cincinnati social media team tweeted, get those refunds. See, because the Buffalo Bills social media team is by far one of the best trolls in the National Football League. They are great. They are hilarious. And they trolled the shit out of the Miami Dolphins the week before when Buffalo sent Miami home. In a game, by the way, that Buffalo looked like shit. They trolled the crap out of the Dolphins. And then you're in the Bengals timeline all up in your feelings now there's good bills fans out there and i know that a, a chunk of my it used to be a, a lot almost majority it's not like that anymore but there's a good chunk of my followers that are buffalo bills fans you know if you're a good one again the christians the leslie's the ricos the bills helmet bars the guys over on hashtag sports 
there's a big chunk of you and you're becoming the i don't know if you're the vocal minority i don't know if you're the vocal majority but you seem like the majority you make the quote-unquote culture of bill's mafia look like a joke running around celebrating being afc east champions like being the AFC East champions means anything because in football, the only thing that means anything are Super Bowls. People don't celebrate being the conference champions. Julian Edelman famously said, AFC championship rings suck because it means you lost the Super Bowl. But maybe because of my recent disdain for a majority of Bill's Mafia, maybe my judgment was clouded. Maybe Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. I put it on Twitter reminding you that a good chunk of my audience are Bill's fans. I said, who is the best quarterback of the three? Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen? It wasn't even close. 72.3% of the voters said Patrick Mahomes. 72.3%. said Josh Allen. 9.2% said Aaron Rodgers. One of the comments that we got, first of all, shout out to my boy, Army Chris, at The Army Chris, host of the Fire and Effect podcast here on Prior Media, wrote, I see a landslide victory coming on this poll, but I'm pretty biased, LOL, Kansas City Chiefs fan. Matt C., New England Patriots fan, wrote, anybody who answers other than Mahomes doesn't watch football. Of course, my boy Kevin Gerard said, well, maybe they're relatives of Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. But let's also not forget that, let's also not forget that, um, let's not forget that uh, none of Aaron Rodgers or none of Aaron Rodgers' family, I should say, is going to vote for him. Anyways, Bill's Mafia, be better. Just know that I 100%, 100%, would have voted for you to be the worst fan base in the AFC East only because you've changed. Because you've now tasted what you call victory and success that has led to zero Super Bowls. Start acting. That's all I got to say. Kids, man. That's what I'm saying.
Thank you so much for tuning into Around the Horn Sport with me, Toronto's pride and joy, Mr. Ray Redder. Check out all my stuff over at Cryer.co. I post pretty much daily over there, sometimes a couple times a day. Sometimes, most of the time, it's sports-related, but I also look at some viral content and some other stuff that's going on around the world. So come check it out. It's a good time. You'll like it. You'll have fun. It's all good in the hood. Uh, make sure you check out Around the Horn, which is not sports-related, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on uh, the Cryer Media Network. And, of course, you can download our podcast wherever you get your five podcasts. Just look for Around the Horn. And uh, Around the Horn Sports will be around every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I usually won't be live with you. I said at the beginning of the show, I recorded a 45-minute podcast and didn't turn on my microphone. So that's what it is. Uh, appreciate y'all coming in. And uh, never forget, man, you're all a chick kid. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd.